It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. How are you? Happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday to you too, my friend. Uh, Some interesting things happened over the weekend, but everything was kind of overshadowed by the the Queen's, you know, what they're doing with the, the casket and the, the what they where they're taking it which castle is going to and I mean we were on it uh, the I'm, I say we I mean mainstream American media was following it like uh, a fly on manure <laughs> they were just everything well, was happening over there we were we had a camera let me ask you a question now mm-hmm. this is not to belittle the queen or her importance or nope. anything you can you can feel how you want about her. She was great. She was terrible. Mm-hmm. She was a part of apartheid or whatever, it, it, whatever you feel. The point is, didn't we try to break away from oh, that yeah. country? Be, and, and so, you know, we as Americans, sorry that you lost your queen. And that should be just about it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I, I'm in agreement with you. And there are some people, by the way, who said just what you are you were saying on television they were criticized by the media. The media went nuts. Can you believe how insensitive he was uh, that, with that remark about the queen? Um, actually, it is understandable. You know, I mean, I think the queen was a nice lady. I I think I can understand uh, the loss that the British, my British friends, are feeling. We have listeners in Britain. We I have friends in Britain. And uh, I know it's like a loss of somebody in the family. I mean, everything that you guys did over there, uh, she was with you. If it was Christmas, she'd give you a, a Christmas greeting and wish you all the best. Uh, it, she was there for you. So you lost something very important in your lives. But it's not the same over here. But, you know, Bill, we do that with everything. It's not just the queen. Mm-hmm. If something happens on this side... Uh, we the media goes nuts. They have cameras everywhere. If a former president dies, uh, all of a sudden every other piece of news is relegated to the dust heap, and uh, it's it's all eyes on whatever's happening with so, that situation. When the when the time comes that Trump passes on, hopefully not for a long time, but when it happens. Is the media going to sit there and say, well, we lost? No, that will be one president that the media will ignore because the media is on the side of the left. It's the, it's the news source for the left wing. You know, if Trump never got involved in politics, um, he would be, uh, revered differently. I can tell you that right now. And you know, the one, the one mistake that Trump made besides getting into politics is he is a patriot and he goes, wait a minute, I'm going to put my neck on the line and stand up for what I believe and what millions, hundreds of millions people believe. And that, you know, has put him in the the pickle he's in because the deep state, uh, has been a deep, dark abyss for a long time. Um, Trump has been called the blue collar billionaire because mm-hmm. he has always felt uh, uh, a warmth to the common man. They say that if you, you, if he went to his construction sites, he'd put a hard hat on, he'd go over and talk to the laborers. Like he was one of them. They enjoyed seeing him. He made them feel comfortable. He was uh, kind of an amazing guy that way. 
I think he also saw, because he was so amazingly wealthy, I think he saw the corruption from a distance. And at first, I don't think it bothered him because he was so busy doing his other things. But I think when he took the time to stop and see what was happening, see the the evil that so many in the deep state are you know, fostering. I think that's what got to him. You know, he put, he's put everything, everything on the line to do what he's doing. People don't seem to understand. He just didn't need this. No. And unfortunately his family is on the line with it. And that's not fair. It's not that he put them on the line. They joined him and you know, their entire future, their entire wealth, their everything is at stake. Um, and that's sad because it shouldn't be. You're right. Absolutely right, Bill. It should you know, not be. But, you know, we talked about things before this podcast, and you look at where this country is, uh, you know, going. I, I think I sent you the thing, you know, from a particular school up in the Massachusetts area. Oh, I awful. Talk. Yeah. It, it's, they, it's, it's part of their written curriculum, Bill. You can... You can mention, you can point it out what they well, have written yeah, down. Their after school activities uh, was sent out in an email to all the parents. Yeah. Uh, up in a particular city, but it's up it's, near Boston. You can say that. Well, yeah, up around that area, but it's statewide. It's going mm-hmm. on Gender and Sexuality Alliance. Now, this is for middle school, not teenagers, not college kids, not adults. Right. Middle school kids. You know, you're talking your eight, nine, ten year old kids here. And it says every other Tuesday with well, I'll say her initials, mm-hmm. CW. I'm not gonna say her name on this because I'm not gonna attack somebody. And Z S in room two eleven from two thirty to three thirty. Open to all grades. Students will learn about LGBTQ, its history and current events, and share a safe space for students of all identities. I have a question to ask you. That's accepted. That's no big deal. Let's hypothetically reverse that and say, okay, after school, we're going to have Bible study. No, we're going to have, well, that's one thing. I was going to say, we're going to have a lecture or or have a, a club on heterosexuality. The joys and pleasures of heterosexuality and its history. They'd tell you to go to hell and throw the handbasket at you that you got to get there in. Okay. There you go. I mean, all you have to do is reverse these things sometimes. You see, you see how blatantly corrupt uh, they are. But to put this in a, in a uh, that's a public school, right? You're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's right. Wow. And they're, they're grooming your kids. These yep. are your kids. So if it's happening in Massachusetts... It's happening in New Hampshire, Maine, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York, Pennsylvania. Amazing. Uh, You know, California, it's happening everywhere. So you know what? Pay attention to the emails you get or the letters you get. And if they're not, check on the school's website. If you find that there, you better show up at those teacher meetings, you know, those parent-teacher meetings Mm -hmm. and say, what the hell is this? Because well, what they'll do is that, they'll shut your mic off. I've seen that. You've seen that. If you go mm-hmm. up and challenge these people, these school board members who believe this way, they will say, your two minutes are up, turn off his mic or whatever. And, and, uh, and if you don't stop talking, 
they'll have the police escort you out. How many times oh, have yeah. you seen that? Oh, I've seen it all the time. And now, you know, they won't just escort you out. They're going to write you up a citation. They're mm -hmm. going to fine you. You're probably going to go to court and you could face some uh, jail time because uh, they would call that, what, a terroristic act or something like that? Well, an attack against the state. If you watched over the weekend, and I, I haven't got enough room in my computer mm -hmm. for the audio. I have so much audio, uh, maybe some other time, but there were so many liberal commentators who were calling for the arrest of the MAGA people. The arrest. They need to be arrested, gathered up. And Trump needs to be convicted. He needs to go to jail. These were what they were saying over the weekend. Even even Hillary Clinton. Ah, oh, yes, she's still back on the scene. Good old Hillary. She had uh, comments to say about extremism. Listen. And we have also, I think, um, been reminded um, about how important it is uh, to try to deal with extremism of any kind, uh, especially when it uses violence to try to achieve political and ideological uh, goals. So I'm one who thinks that uh, there are lessons still to be learned from what happened to us on 9-11 that we should be very aware of uh, during this time in our country and the world's history. Some will say she is maybe the most corrupt politician on the landscape today. Uh, well, you know, the voice behind everything. She calls us extreme. Right. Perhaps in our minds, she's extreme. She says we're violent, but yet we sit here and take the beating of their word lashes at us. But the party that encouraged blowing up buildings and burning down right. buildings was and the, cities was the Democratic that Party. Was the Democrats? It was blue that caused the streets to burn. It was Hillary and her friends who were saying, "Defund the police." I can remember when they were talking about that bill. Defund the police. Ah, uh, but now I was thinking doing all these. I was thinking how stupid, how blooming stupid that was. Defund the police. The the line of protection between civilized people and uncivilized people. They're the police. And what they're saying, the side of Hillary and her friends was to take that line away. And now along those lines, those same people are saying, release the violent prisoners from jails. I'm talking about guys like Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. He wants to see criminals, murderers released from prison, only second degree murderers. I don't think he's saying first degree murderers have to go, but if you're a second degree murderer, you may get, uh, you may get out if Fetterman gets in. Yeah, that's sick. He's a sick man. And, um, I don't know, you know, Hillary talked about nine one one. I did mention something. I, I saw a cartoon. I said, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and then I looked something up and I said, Whoa, wait a minute now. Conspiracy 101 here, but let's just take 911. Mm -hmm. And let's just say that, oh, I don't know, the government misplaced mm, $2.3 trillion. Oh, that could oh, never happen, no, Bill. Oh, it did happen. The no, Pentagon, that could. $2.3 trillion in 2001, magic year there. Wow. In, in, in early September, there. Oh, we can't. How find do you know that point. happened? Well, actually, 
Donald Rumsfeld gave a speech on it talking about how we have to be more, uh, our, you know, better at our accounting and uh, we need to rebuild our military uh, because, uh, you know, we just do. We have to rebuild our infrastructure. Terrorism that will happen to us is now on a new front that we can't even see or in fathom. We don't know where the attacks will come from. And by the way, uh, the Pentagon misplaced $2.3 trillion. Now, that is a big deal. Why did we not remember this? Now, the the speech is out there. It's on Bill, the Internet. I got it a little was, bit of it right here. Listen. Yeah. Let's listen to a few minutes of Donald Rumsfeld. This is September 10th. 2001. The day before 9-11. Wow. And skill. A cashier in Chicago. A waitress in San Francisco. An average American family works an entire year to generate $6,000 in income taxes. Here we spill many times that amount every hour by duplication and by inattention. That's wrong. It's wrong because national defense depends on public trust and trust in turn hinges on respect for the hardworking people of America and the tax dollars they earn. We need to respect them and their efforts. Waste drains resources from training and tanks, from infrastructure and intelligence, from helicopters and housing. Outdated systems crush ideas that could save a life. Redundant processes prevent us from adapting to evolving threats with the speed and agility that today's world demands. Above all, the shift from bureaucracy to the battlefield is a matter of national security. In this period of limited funds, we need every nickel, every good idea, every innovation, every effort to help modernize and transform the U.S. military. We must change for a simple reason. The world has, and we have not yet changed sufficiently. The clearest and most important transformation is from a bipolar Cold War world where threats were visible and predictable to one in which they arise from multiple sources, most of which are difficult to anticipate, and many of which are impossible even to know today. Really? Let there be no question. The 2.7 million people who wear our country's uniform, active, guard, and reserve, and the close to 700,000 more who support them in civilian attire, comprise the finest military in the history of the world. They stand ready to face down any threat anytime, anywhere. But we must do more. We must develop and build weapons to deter those new threats. We must rebuild our infrastructure, which is in a very serious state of disrepair. And we must assure that the noble cause of military service remains the high calling that will attract the very best. That is uh, September 10th of 2001, the day before the planes hit the uh, the World Trade Center. Exactly. Now, you know, you might sit there and go, well, he came clean. They lost $2.3 trillion. They don't know where it is. Mm -hmm. He blamed it on the Pentagon. Now, obviously, they didn't d just discover that accounting mistake on 2010, or I mean, uh, September 10th, 2001. Mm -hmm. They knew about it a month or so, or even more in advance. Now, fast forward one day. Early in the morning, a Sunday morning, and the time, I think it was a Sunday morning, 
the towers came down. I that just was, remember. No, I, I think it was. A, I'll tell you why I think it was uh, during. It was either a Monday. I was on the air doing a morning and it show. Might, it might have been. I knew it was a Sunday or a Monday. But, you know, I, I remember getting, because, you know, things were kind of crazy. I was yeah. taking a job out west, and that job went away when the towers came down. But, you know, I saw those planes go in. And I thought it was odd, but I never really questioned it. But, you know, just you see a plane hit the side of a building and it explodes. If that building's going to come down, it's the force is going to take it down the the direction that the plane was going into it, so it would push it over. None of that really happened. But if you look at it, it was like it was a controlled implosion, and people in the footage say they saw charges going off. Now, I'm not here to say, oh, we created a distraction to cover up. We misplaced $2.3 trillion and did the Pentagon misplace it? Or was Rumsfeld pointing a finger and at least putting it out on the table, $2.3 trillion up, got lost in the news of the day? I don't know what exactly happened on September 11th. I really don't, except for the fact that we lost 3,000 innocent people Bingo. Who, who were doing absolutely nothing wrong other than going to work. And, and um, I mean, it was an immense tragedy. It was a strike on our country. The problem, the, the, the question is, who, did who, it? who exactly struck us? Exactly. Now, we've been told it was uh, Al-Qaeda, and it would seem to be that they had a lot to do with it. But with all that's happened over the last 22 years in this country, with things that have happened with elections, with things that you were sure were truthful, only to find out later that they weren't. I mean, do we honestly know what the heck happened? Well, I'll tell you this. You know, a lot of distractions go on in the news. A lot of the older people, you know, Democrats, even Republicans go, oh, 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 my God. But you know who's attuned, really in tune to, oh, there's another distraction? Are the kids. The kids that we're going to leave this mess to, they're going, mom and dad are screwing the world up. Oh, we have, oh, Bill, we have another distraction. We have so many distractions. For example, all right. We, ha we mentioned the queen's funeral. God bless her. Like the, uh, the new king said, may she rise to heaven on the wings of angels. But for the entire attention of our country to shift totally to her funeral preparations, it doesn't make sense to me. So did we ever escape the rule of England? Well, I mean, uh, we have been allies since... Uh, the mid 1800s. I mean, we had the battle of the war of 1812, which was another second revolutionary war. They tried to get back what they had given up. It didn't work, but uh, they did burn down the white house at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I, I think there are people in this country who long for that relationship to continue. I don't concur. I don't think it's something that's healthy. I think that if you're going to look uh, fondly towards something, look fondly towards the guys who created this country. Don't look fondly towards the people who, the heirs to the throne that tried to keep us from being independent. Do you know? Exactly. Um, I mean, look towards George Washington. No, we tear down his statues now, right? No, we stared, we tear down statues of the people who helped to make us what we are today. These are tough times, folks. These are tough, sad times. And I do believe, 
and I'll say it, I, I think that the deep state exists. It's real. It has run our country uh, quietly in the background for decades, for decades. I'm talking about uh, maybe back in the beginning of the 20th century. I'm thinking like 1878, just after Grant left office is when I think started to turn differently in this country. That's when the uh, banks would, and the, the banks and the railroad, uh, the guys who ran the railroads, the oil men in this country who had so much money, so much influence, could do so much. They controlled so much. They could they could manipulate our country, and that was the beginning. Yeah, I, I would concur with that. And you know, war is a big thing for the oligarchs, the money people. Uh, there's money in it for them. There's death in it for us, and poverty for us. But screw us. The rich get richer. You're just and a, that's what it's all about. A minion. You're a minion. You know, you're just a, an also ran. Who cares about uh, Jim and Bill and, and and our listeners? I mean, they're just average people. That's right. Doesn't matter what way you vote. It doesn't matter at all. I heard a guy call uh, a Boston station this morning. You, you know which one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know. Jeff, he said, I appreciate the fact that you say, you know, there are good Democrats out there, but I think anybody who votes for the Democratic Party right now, today, no matter who they are, no matter how old they are, they are bad people. If you're voting for the Democratic uh, candidate, you're voting for something that is anti-American. And, and I'm sorry, folks, just look around. For Pete's sakes, look around you. We had all these things going when we had Donald Trump, low taxes, we had uh, low gas prices, we had a healthy economy, we had security, we didn't fight any wars, all of those things. How can you argue against that? You can't. You cannot argue against that. You didn't like his hair? You didn't like how he talked or tweeted? Well, big deal. You know, if it was like eight, if it was 1930 and we didn't have social media, you wouldn't know what the heck the president was really like. Just what you read in the papers occasionally. But you wouldn't know what kind of guy he is, whether he had a good sense of humor, whether he was bawdy or whether he was uh, uh, garrulous or whatever. You wouldn't know. But now you know. Uh, we could go on and on, Bill. I, oh, I, yeah. Steve Bannon, was a, he surrendered himself in New York on Thursday. And, of course, instead of just going to his lawyer and having Steve go by and sign the papers and stuff, you know, doing it in a very civil way. No, no, the other side, the socialist side, the communist side of our country, they wanted to make a show out of it. They wanted to put exactly. him in, in handcuffs. They wanted to put him in manacles and have him perp walked in front of the cameras. And, uh, and they did it. And here's, uh, here's what Steve said, uh, about uh, his, his little, uh, excursion to, uh, to New York. Yesterday was one of the best days of my life. It was a very powerful spiritual day for me. It was uh, a lot of things were, you know, came into high clarity. It was, I was totally in the zone, as you say, in sports the entire time. And, uh, you know, they're not going to shut me up. We see it is, you saw from the demonic speech that Biden gave in Philadelphia, exactly. The, this is a dying regime. That was a primal scream. And here, what they're trying to do, no matter who it is, Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago, there were 35 FBI raids yesterday. Right, handing out. There's another grand jury uh, coming together on January 6th. The, the Washington Post reported it. They just reported a couple of names. There were 35 
senior members of MAGA, uh, Republicans, supporters of Donald Trump, uh, that were rolled, you know, the FBI rolled in on, right? When they didn't need to do it. Remember, all these people have lawyers, all their lawyers are very well known. No, the jackbooted Gestapo has got to show up at their door and, uh, and make a big display of this. So there's so much going on that people don't even know at so many levels on yeah, uh, so trying to put people in, ba in bankruptcy, trying to deplatform them, oh, yes. all of it. And quite frankly, I think that's what's so powerful about you guys having this great reset conference, because this is really what it's about. This is this globalist apparatus. That's right. This is the American arm of that, the Biden regime. And what they're trying to do is shut down everybody, whether it's Alex Jones, Charlie Kirk, Steve Bannon, mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump. They're trying to use lawfare, financial terrorism, uh, the, you know, everything legally, and quite frankly, up to assassinations. That's why they're swatting people uh, like crazy. So we got to work right. cut out for us. And if we blink, if you blink, it's over. So screw them. I spit right in their eye. I could care less. We're coming. We're rolling, and we're rolling hard, baby. It's the only way to fight them. Steve, can you reiterate that? You said there were 35 FBI raids yesterday. I consider myself well-read. I didn't see that anywhere. Can, can you elaborate on that? I've been reported. I'm breaking that news right here. There, if you go to the Washington Post story, I think Josh Dossie's story, if, you're, if your staff pulls it, Charlie, they mentioned, I think, five names, Boris Epstein being one of them, but uh, I think there's five people. There were 35, 35 FBI went to 35 years. All these people have lawyers. They all know who the lawyers are. Uh, they didn't want, they didn't serve uh, these subpoenas to the lawyers. They want to make a big display of it. They want to take a bunch of their devices. They want, this is the FBI trying to roll in and trying to be muscle, right? This is the Gestapo, this is the Gestapo attack. And look, this is all about intimidation. Whether it's a whether it's what they did with me yesterday, what they're doing with Alex Jones, what they're doing with other people to debank de them to make sure that they can't fund their operations. Uh, if it's uh, if it's a Trump, look, a president of the United States, a completely totally illegal raid of which a judge said was an illegal raid. The judge's opinion says I don't trust the, the Justice Department and the FBI to be fair. That's a federal judge. Okay, you see it all over in thirty five members of MAGA, the Republican Party, people close to Donald Trump, were uh, were rolled in on yesterday by the FBI with these intimidation tactics. They just don't, normally what you would do here, Charlie, is you would go to their lawyer and say, hey, we wanna know, when's a can you accept service of a subpoena? Can you accept service of this? Or we may wanna talk to you about certain of your devices and can we work something out? No, they didn't do that. They go with the jack boots and they kick down the doors and they bang on the doors and they roll in people to intimidate them to make sure that they sit there and go, oh, oh what do you want? Uh, you know, I'll do anything, et cetera. Well, these people didn't. And this is the FBI. The FBI is the Gestapo right now. I know they hate when I say that, but they're the Gestapo. We're not gonna back off calling the Gestapo because they have Gestapo-like tactics. Here's my point, they're losing. They're only trying to use this, uh, this uh, national security state muscle because they know they're not winning. And quite frankly, when you do things like the Great Reset this weekend and get young mm -hmm. people up to speed on what's going on, that drives them even more insane. Right. So hey, Turning Point's gonna be a target, a big league target, okay? So just stand by, Charlie. It's all coming, Trust it's all me. gonna come we, hard and heavy. Steve Bannon on uh, Charlie Kirk's show, and he's talking about 35 uh, people who, that's not the actual figure. It's actually over 50 that have been targeted. They're going after super donors. They're going after supporters. If you shook Trump's hand, you probably <laughs> are on the list yeah. to be visited by the FBI. Tucker Carlson had Harmeet Dillon. She's an attorney. Yes. As a guest on Friday. And, you know, they had actually a news alert on Fox mm -hmm. right in the middle of his show. 
That's the only place, by the way, where I've seen anybody in mainstream media talking about this. I mean, if this were happening to Democrats, mind you, it would be all over the news and it would be nonstop. But it's happening to conservatives and they're, they're trying to label them MAGAs like that's a bad thing. And uh, But here's Harmeet Dillon on Tucker on Friday. So a Fox News alert for you, a remarkable story. We don't know the full parameters of it, but apparently the FBI has launched a full-scale purge of supporters of Donald Trump. That would be Joe Biden's likely opponent in the coming presidential election, and that purge has intensified significantly today. So Steve Bannon just said that yesterday alone, the FBI raided the homes of dozens of Trump allies. We want to get to the bottom of this story. He said that on Charlie Kirk show today. We've been trying to run it down ever since. We reached out to Harmeet Dillon, who says she's got some information on this. She's managing partner of the Dillon Law Group. Uh, Harmeet, thanks so much for coming on. What is the truth? Well, the truth is that a few days ago, a political reporter called several people and said, hey, have you heard or have you been served yet? The FBI is going to be serving 50 approximately search warrants and or subpoenas on Trump supporters. And then, you know, within 24 hours of that, two of our clients, three of our clients actually did either get search warrants or subpoenas. And these subpoenas are extremely broad. They're from the Capitol siege section of the United States uh, Department of Justice's uh, DC office, and they ask for broad categories of documents. They ask for all communications dating from a month before the election until a month, two months after the election, and they ask for all communications regarding uh, dozens of people, and the categories are alternate electors, uh, fundraising around irregularities around the election, and also a, a, a rally that happened before the January 6th uh, situation at the Capitol, so the Save America rally that happened. And so basically, most of this activity, if not all of it, is protected by the First Amendment, and the United States Department of Justice is telling reporters about these search warrants and subpoenas before they're executed. There's no other explanation for this, and I think the reason for this is to instill fear into Donald Trump supporters and into those who would challenge election irregularities right before an upcoming election, Tucker. So this is really outrageous abuse by the DOJ, and it is illegal for the DOJ to leak this information to the media, Tucker. If you alone have three personal clients who've been raided, then it tells you the scale of this. I can't believe decent liberals are sitting back and allowing this to happen. This will wreck the country, and they're saying nothing about it. It's really shocking to me. Harmeet Dillon, we're going to stay on the story. Thank you for that update. Never in my life have I seen a, uh, a situation like this where the FBI has been used as uh, a, a Stasi kind of organization to go in and to start rounding up opponents of one party. It sounds otherworldly, like it couldn't be happening in the United States. Well, actually, there is some uh, roots to this because it goes back. It's happened before, believe it or not. And there's even rumor that Obama is still the quasi-president of the United States. It's not Joe Biden, even though he says he's going to run again. Kamala says, oh, I'll probably run with him. But Obama never moved out of D.C. He's there. But let's go back to his administration. Seven times that we know of, he used the administration, he used the government, uh, against his political opponents. Uh, he used it to uh, gel the filmmaker of the video that uh, they blamed the Benghazi terror attacks on. Right. So, uh, and that person was 
put into a detainment center. That's what happened to not them. A, not a regular jail, huh? No detainment center. Hmm. So they're just kind of thrown to the gallows. Individuals were targeted by Obama's IRS that mostly uh, noteworthy include the Housing and Urban Development uh, Secretary Ben Carson, Frank Vandersloot, who donated to a Mitt Romney super PAC. So there's why Romney is falling in line, because they went after his donors and him. And then, of course, GOP uh, mega donor Sheldon uh, Adelson. So they went after that. Then there was the IRS suppressed uh, conservative uh, organizations. Uh, The Daily Wire has previously reported that Obama's IRS heavily scrutinized conservative organizations. So they went after them for their tax exempt status, whatever they could. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza was prosecuted for making a film critical of Obama. He didn't like what the film said about him, and so they locked him up. Obama called it an insidious attempt to to, uh, dishonestly smear him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So he went to jail for like a year, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did eight or nine months in, again, a confinement center. Not jail, Mm -hmm. because you got to go to court for that. No, take that bastard, lock him up, throw him down in the dungeon. So that's what they did to him. Senator Bob Menendez was prosecuted by the Obama administration after he criticized the president. And he's a Democrat, though. Yeah, but he criticized, he criticized Obama's foreign policies, so they attacked him. He fell in line, though. He came right back. Yeah, in line. he marched to he, the beat of the he, drum. Yeah, then. He snapped to attention. Yeah. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and members of Congress were under surveillance by the Obama administration. How can that be? Remember the, uh, what was it? The Patriot Act which oh, yeah. gave, that gave them universal access to anybody and anything without a warrant. We were spying on our allies. We were spying on our allies, uh, during the Obama administration. This from Mr. Obama, the environmental protection agency. He had them waive, uh, the fees for freedom of information, the freedom of information act request from left-wing groups. So they got what they wanted. Conservative groups were denied. This man is corrupt and dirty. Now, there is a rumor mm-hmm. that he actually tutored Hillary in the art of the cheat because he was dirty in Russian collusion. He taught her. He helped organize that. And as early as 2016, he's got these two sisters that actually come up with all the engineering of all the dirty laundry and all the narratives, even Mar-a-Lago to date, he's pulling the strings. So Biden is a puppet. I had tape and I can't find it. I, I apologize up front. I have tape of Obama saying they, he was asked what would be the ideal situation for you? And he said, well, the ideal situation would be able to, have all the power of the presidency and to be able to do it from the privacy of my, of my home, my basement, not have to go into work and do the social stuff. And that seems to be exactly what he's doing. It's what I just said. Yeah. And this is not me, you know, theorizing and conspiring. I went to five different media sources and they weren't right wing sources. Just so you know, it is there on the internet. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them are mainstream. Well, they're all mainstream. So if you take the time and look it up, go back to the Rumsfeld thing. 
Back it up and listen to that audio over and over. That was September 10th. Holy smoke. You tell me that something doesn't stink. Yeah. You know, this stinks a lot. And Obama and Hillary, this attack on Trump started back in 2016. They vilified him all the way through because when he got on their radar that he was a threat, they couldn't have that. So they had to do something about it, and they're going to do something about it. But the movement has grown. Has anyone ever asked, or I mean, or or questioned? I I hesitate saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's our podcast, right? But uh, <laughs> <We> um, think. <laughs> I mean, when 9/11 happened, they cut to a shot of Bush, and where was he? He was sitting in an elementary school classroom reading a poem or something like that. And I kept thinking to myself, of all the times for a president to be sitting in the middle of an elementary school classroom, it almost looked, dare I say, staged. Like he was in this innocent, far, far away place that no association could ever be made between what happened and him. Hear no evil, see no evil. Something interesting was uh, posted over the weekend. Dan Scavino, he's a, an aide to President Trump, posted this. What will happen October the 8th? Now think about this. The eighth day of the month has been interesting of late. On July 8th, Shinzo Abe was assassinated. Mm-hmm. On August 8th, Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI. On September 8th, Queen Elizabeth died. Uh, the midterms on November 8th, what's going to happen on October 8th? Hmm. Just well, something to think about. You know, it's interesting. The polling numbers aren't going well for Biden, but they're saying, oh, he's ticking up. Now, they're already calling for an upset in Florida that the Democrats are going to be in line to uh, swing that state oh. back to the blue. No, they say it's going to happen. Don't believe it. No, but you know what? They're setting the table. You have such a large Cuban population, and they are conservatives, thank goodness. And by God, they better go to the polls and show up in mass, because I'm telling you right now, the Democrats are setting the table. They get the tablecloth out. They're putting all their fancy china out, and they'll say, See? We did it again. (laughs) You lie over that. We didn't cheat. Yeah. Oh, I, I I tell my friends who are, out there saying, make sure you vote, make sure you vote. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to vote, but is it going to make a difference? Is it really going to make a difference? Because they may have the, uh, the system in place already. You know what? Stand in line and jog. If you're conservative, then they'll know at least we'll know who's conservative, you know, which way you're voting because anything, do anything, wear a red shirt, piss them off, you know? Um, Interesting thing, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, you know, the U.S. Navy, they released over the last couple of years some videos of UFOs. One of them is called the TikTok or Tic Tac or something like that. It looks like a candy, but it does oh, amazing yeah. things. You've seen the video. Yeah. Well, the Navy has said, we're not releasing any more of our UFO videos. Why? Not doing it. Sorry. Why? No, they're not really saying why. Oh, they do say why. They say some of it is... <laughs> Some of it is classified and confidential. You know? Classified? Yes. Why would it be classified? Well, I, that's a damn good question there, sir. I, I, I 
you, you must be a, a MAGA yes, supporter for just, asking the question. Absolutely. Take him out and have him shot. Uh, see. in the dungeon. Also, in Illinois, now these are the leftist uh, legislators in Illinois. They've passed something called the Safety Act. The Safety Act. And T as in T-A-E? I have a candidate. I think he's running for, uh, I'm not sure whether he's running for a local mayor position, but uh, his name is is Keith Paco, and he explained what the Safety Act really is that the Democrats want you to believe is a good thing. Anytime they put something like safety, right, mm-hmm. you automatically think it's, it's going to be for our benefit and our safety. Of course. Just the opposite. Listen. As of January 1st, 2023, the following things will go into effect, and people need to be aware of this. It abolishes cash bail for almost every offense. This includes, but isn't limited to, kidnapping, armed robbery, second-degree murder, drug-induced homicide, aggravated DUI, threatening a public official, and aggravated fleeing and eluding. Offenders released on electronic monitoring have to be in violation for 48 hours before law enforcement can act. They could almost drive to Alaska before we can even look for them. It denies victims their constitutional rights. And keep this in mind, businesses and homeowners, officers will no longer be able to remove trespassers from your resident, residence or your businesses. Someone could decide to live in your shed and all we can do is give them a ticket. You have to decide what level of force is required to remove them and whether or not it's legal. This is a massive threat to the residents of Orland Park, Cook County, and Illinois. Okay, there you go. A law put out and passed by the uh, Illinois legislature, the Safety Act. Again, I'm going to go by. Abolishes cash bail for almost every offense. So, I mean, if manslaughter, uh, second-degree murder, no big deal. You're going to go home and be a good boy and come into court when we ask you? Sure. Sure I will. You, You can go on your way. Can I have my gun back? Sure. (laughs) See see the clerk. Individuals on electronic monitoring must be in violation for 48 hours. I think he said there's something which is they could be in Alaska by the time the uh, law enforcement officials can actually go after them. Hmm. And the part that gets me, it prohibits officers from removing trespassers from your residence or business. If somebody breaks into your house... At 3 o'clock in the morning, based on this law that the Democrats pushed through in Illinois, they can't do a darn thing. You Nothing. know, I have ghosts in my house. So that bat that hangs over the uh, the door stop there, uh-huh. that, that, that ghost likes to swing that bat. I feel sorry for someone that breaks <laughs> into my house. Damn ghost will get him every time. Yes, it, it was, this, thank goodness for that ghost. Ghost must have been a cop in another Cas- life, huh? Casper. Oh, my goodness. This is interesting. This was an exciting bit of video that uh, I wish I could show you, but I can play for you the audio. Uh-huh. Uh, it was uh, Yesterday was the beginning of the NFL season. I'm a yes. big, I like football. I, I don't like football's politics, but I like the game of football. I've been following it for years. And it was the uh, home opener for the uh, New York Jets and the Baltimore Ravens. And... Uh, This is what happened. I want you to listen very carefully. This very attractive, smart, bright, energetic New York City police officer, her name is Brianna Fernandez. 
She was the one singing the lead, and she inspired what happened next. Listen. Dare I say that most of those people must have been MAGA people. They literally took over, so. they took over the entire song. And she was nice enough and smart enough uh, to kind of back. When she heard them singing, she kind of stepped away from the mic and smiled. And the crowd went, just got into it. They must have been close to, uh, I don't know, 80,000 people there. Or what, I mean, it was huge. Huge. <laughs> and, you know, uh, truly, people, when it gets right down to it, we're all Americans, and we believe in the dream. You know, we don't believe in the crap that's going on, and, you know, we're letting the news and we're letting certain politicians dictate things. And I'm sorry, but you're picking, if you're picking on Trump, you're picking on the wrong guy. Look at Hillary. Look at Obama. Look at Biden. They are pieces of crap. You want to be a Democrat, get a patriot Democrat in there. One that will sit there and convey your true values, you know, and, you know, you might have a chance, but I, I would tend to say the real numbers out there, people are swinging away from the Democratic Party because of all the left. I think the people who are patriots who are Democrats voted for Trump, and a lot of them did. That's why he got 75 or 80 million people voting for him. I mean, he couldn't get it with just the votes from the people who were re Republican. So, I mean, there are people who are registered Democrats, but if they're voting for other Democrats, then they're, they're hurting the country. If they're voting mm -hmm. for people who believe in the lunacy that, uh, the current democratic party, uh, stands by, I mean, they're, they're just tearing the country apart. Um, Carmel Harris was on with Chuck Todd on meet the press. Yeah, she's running again, and she thinks. Well, she had the audacity to say that the border, mm -hmm. yeah, no problem with the border. Everything's secure. Listen. Final topic here. Since uh, we're here in Texas, I want to ask you about the border. Would you call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. Is the first request we make, pass a bill 
to create a pathway to citizenship. The border is secure, but we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, and it needs to be fixed. We're going to have two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix, given the deterioration that happened over the last four years. We also have to put in place a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway for citizenship for the millions of people who are here and are prepared to do what is legally required to gain citizenship. We don't have that in place because people are playing politics in a state like this and in Congress. On, By the way, you want to talk about bipartisanship on an issue that at one time was a bipartisan issue, both in terms of Republican senators and, and even presidents. Some people are good liars, have a lot of experience in doing it, decades, for example, the current president might be in that category. Uh, he can look into the camera and and smile with a great smile and and say something that is so untrue. But she's not a good liar. She's not a good liar. She struggles with lies. She does lie. I mean, anybody who All just the time. yeah, anybody who just looks at what's happening on the border, you know, you know that it's as porous as. Uh, as an old sponge. Well, you know, two takeaways, you know, uh, on that. Uh, but the, the most prominent one about that is she says, well, you know, the past four years, well, you guys have been in office about two years. So that means you got some responsibility in it too, Kamala. And also when was the last time you went down to the damn border? Well, How she's can in, you even... She was in Texas there, but I mean, Texas is a big state. She was probably you know, in well, Dallas. She at the border. She was probably in Dallas, you know. Yeah, she wasn't at the border. No. If she would sit there and see the people that are that have died trying to cross. But she will say in a speech, I just came back from Texas. You know, that's like saying, folks, uh, if you're in New York, if you go to Buffalo and saying that you would just, just got back from New York. You know, you, you are a long way in Buffalo from New York City. Oh, but, yeah. She gives the illusion that she is doing her job, but she is the border czar, and she doesn't know squat about what's going on. You see where Joe Biden wished a joyous mid-autumn festival or a mooncake festival to the Chinese people? Uh, he wrote, uh, uh, Jill and I wish a joyous and full mid-autumn festival to all those celebrating over the next few days families will gather giving thanks and praying for health and happiness my family joins yours in hoping for hoping your festivities lead to an abundant harvest in the year ahead the, the moon cake festival i think it's appropriate that joe was uh celebrating the moon cake festival don't you Oh, yeah. I mean, what the hell is the Mooncake Festival? <laughs> I don't even know. No, it's important to Joe because he, he sent a letter of uh, best wishes to the Chinese people who are celebrating the Mooncake Festival. Uh, Army soldiers uh, were mm -hmm. told, uh, hey, look, it, you got problems uh, buying food with, for your family? If you're your family in the military, not a problem. Go out and get some food stamps. Really? Yeah. 
go out and get some food stamps. Uh, Joe is a, a multimillionaire, but that doesn't mean much to him. I mean, he, he's the guy who went to uh, the airport when they were bringing the victims of the bombing in Afghanistan back and spent the time looking at his watch. Do you know? Yeah, I remember that. That's Sitting there, I got to get out of here. I'm not, I don't have time for this crap. Can you imagine that, Bill? Having the, the disrespectfulness of that. Well, you know, he's going to be, he's the only president, unless there's something we don't know. Him and Jill are the only ones, they're snubbing Donald, they're snubbing everyone, but I still think Obama and Hillary will somehow be there. But he's the only one going to the Queen's funeral. I can just imagine how he's going to disgrace us there. Oh, uh, well, he'll probably look at his watch. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Carmella was asked on television about uh, 9-11 and what her thoughts were, and uh, she said this. On our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. Can you believe that? I mean, we lost, and this is, I have the figures here. 2,335 U.S. military personnel were killed on December 7th, 1941. 2,977 were murdered by Islamists on September 11th, 2001. And four Trump supporters were killed on January 6th. Two were killed by police. One was shot dead in cold blood. A uh, police officer died a couple of days later. He, uh, I guess the next day after suffering a stroke. Well, okay. you know, they're they're still going through the videos to try to track down anybody that even went to the rally for Trump that day. They are calling this an insurrection. It was not an insurrection, but okay, they're calling it that. And they're going to use it to go down in history to, they want to sit there and say, and that's why they're going after the Trump donors and everything and all the communiques. They want to make something up. Well, we can say this about that. We can say this about this. And they will weave a story together, a fairy tale together, mm -hmm. to make everyone and Trump an insurrectionist. Because if they do that, then, you know, that gets back to what that Civil War Insurrection Act. And that means he can't run for president, which is what they want. But they want to go beyond that. They want to put the man in shackles. And I've read that they actually want to take him out. Interesting physically. thing, Bill. Uh, this just came across the wire, and I don't know whether you're going to hear anything about this, but rumblings are that President Trump right now is in Washington on a surprise trip. No one knows why he's there. There's speculation. Uh, a lot of people are saying maybe it's a health thing. Maybe he's gone to Walter Reed. Uh, other people say, you know, the people on the left are saying, oh, he's turning himself in. No, 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 no. If he's in Washington, there's a good reason, and he's not there to turn himself in, folks. Uh, it could be this. Trump lawyers to address DOJ's bid to review classified documents. That is going on today in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, also, one thing you will not see in the news, especially in Pennsylvania, uh, but it did. It was something which happened on Saturday. Dr. Mehmet Oz was uh, holding a rally in Bucks County. A lady collapsed. A lady who was at the rally had a seizure or something and collapsed. Dr. Oz didn't hesitate. He jumped off the podium, down onto the floor, went over to the woman, and, uh, and tended to her. 
spent his time getting her back into a, I guess, a stable situation. It says he, it says here that he rescued the woman. So I don't know. Well, that he, won't make the news, but there should be video of that, and that should be put up. I'd like to see Fetterman jump off the stage and save somebody. He might mm. give him a crack pipe. That's about it. Yeah. Anyway, we've done it again, my friend. It's been another wonderful program. Yes. Wonderful. Wunderbar. A lot of things going on. We, I still have a lot of audio and a lot of things we could continue with. Oh, yeah. But, I, uh, I still got a stack right here to get mad about. But you know what? I need to keep my blood pressure down. So I know. I got to go watch cartoons now. Again, tell your friends about It's Another Day, please. Uh, it's you that makes the show what it is. Uh, we are growing in leaps and bounds. We talked about having listeners in England. We do. And again, we want to make it perfectly clear that we send our deepest condolences to our yeah, we do. our British uh, listeners. Uh, we think only the best, and we pray for the uh, the Queen. And also for the King, because he's got his hands full. Uh, you know, they're already mocking him. Hey, listen, it's, you know, the, they, they, it's the press. They will do it. They'll minimize they, him. This is getting old. Whether he's going to be a good king, a bad king, give him a chance to prove himself. I mean, he's waited how many years to get to that place? Yeah, he's, yeah for one of the things I saw, you might have seen it, 73-year-old man finally gets a job. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That yeah. was a slap in the face. It was. They need a kick in the sack for saying that. I know. I <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> kick in sorry the for being crude. A kick in the who? <laughs> yes. Well, the pillowcase. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they uh, they certainly do. But that being said, I think that he'll do a good job. Uh, but the media, if anything should be changed, it should be the, the terrible media that I think it's probably not just our country. They probably have a lousy media. Oh, it's in it's England there too. too. Yeah, who's that guy? He was on the the Got Talent thing, but he's a news commentator. Here's Morgan. Yeah, he's a piece of crap. Well, there he's, you go. You're in a you're in a testy mood. First, you're telling that you're going to hit people in their sack, and then you're saying that uh, Piers Morgan is a piece of whatever. You know. Um, anyway, maybe it's good that we sign off before you get us in trouble. You know. I wouldn't get you in trouble. I'd get me in trouble. <laughs> hey, look it. Have a great day. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, you can contact us, by the way. Our phone number is 833-583-6060. 833-583-6060. Tell your friends about us. And it's mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Sometimes it just doesn't go back past the teeth. Quite right, you know. <laughs> but, you know. It's you, the judo curve. <laughs> I didn't even go to dentist. I, I was a video. I, I was a video pronouncer for years. <laughs> really? Me too. <laughs> Have a good day, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow. See ya.